Today's episode of the Roast West Coast podcast is sponsored by Leap Coffee, originally of Carlsbad and now roasting out of their new location in Escondido. All of their great coffees are available to order online at leap.coffee. You can sign up for their new Roaster's Choice or House Favorite subscription plans, and you'll get great coffee sent right to your home or office. You can also order one of their new cold brew growlers for pickup in Escondido. All of the details online at leap.coffee. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Roast West Coast Podcast Season 2 Edition. Right now, I am drinking a steady-state coffee space traveler, and it has me pretty jazzed up to share my conversation with coffee entrepreneur Brendan Abrams with you. He's the founder of Kayak Coffee Delivery Service, and from what I can discern, Kayak was born out of two needs. One, Brendan's desire to start a business, and two, his need for good local coffee to be delivered to his home during the pandemic. Kayak's premise is fairly simple. In fact, I'd say it's simple efficiency is why it works. Brendan partners with local San Diego coffee roasters. Then we, the customers, order coffee beans from one or more various roasters on the kayak.coffee website by Monday morning. Then, fresh roasted coffee beans show up at our doors a few days later on Wednesday. It's pretty straightforward. Coffee delivery. The prices are even the same as they would be at the roastery, but with the free shipping. And I'm going to let Brendan explain how he figured that out because it doesn't exactly make sense to me. We're going to get to all that in a moment. But first, I have this coffee stat I want to share with you from the National Coffee Association. They put out this big annual study examining the drinking habits of the American coffee drinker called the National Coffee Trends Report. According to this report, 58% of the survey participants drink coffee. And on average, coffee drinkers have three cups of coffee per day. Extrapolated out, that means that Americans drink about 646 million cups of coffee every single day. That is insane. And so while I feel like I'm doing my part, neither I nor you are alone in our passion for coffee. There are millions of others just like us out there drinking coffee every single day. We are part of this huge community, which is pretty awesome. And someday, I hope all of those drinkers will be listening to this show, just like you. And if you are listening and enjoying and want more, please go to roastwestcoast.com to sign up for the newsletter. I'll send you the podcast embedded right into emails, plus a bunch of bonus content including SoCal Coffee News and education. And Roast West Coast now has its own dedicated social media. You can find us on Instagram at roastwestcoast. And if you want to do more than just look and listen to the show, Join the Roast West Coast Coffee Group on Facebook. There you can talk about coffee with other coffee lovers and even some of the coffee pros that appear on this show. I hope to see you there soon. But for right now, top off your coffees and settle in. Here's the first official interview of the Season 2 Roast West Coast podcast with my guest, Brendan Abrams, the founder of Kayak Coffee Delivery. Uh, good morning. Uh, welcome to the Roast West Coast podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, this is really cool. <laughs> uh, you started a company called Kayak Coffee Delivery, and what is it? Why do you, what inspired it, and then why take it a step further and start a business with it? Yeah, so it's a coffee delivery business. Started about I want to say three or four months ago, end of end of twenty twenty. It started for a lot of reasons. Um, I've, I've got a bit of an 
entrepreneurial spirit, I guess. I've got a nine to five job. And while I, I love working there, I needed something else to uh, uh, keep me motivated, keep me interested. And, you know, the coffee business is something that I've grown to be really interested about over the last couple of years. And so working from home in the garage with my roommate at the time, we'd always be like tossing ideas across the room at each other, just like, hey, business idea. And then we'd just throw something <laughs> random out there. And this happened to be one of those things. Um, so I can go into, you know, like the origin here a little bit. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. So I got an espresso machine about a year ago. I've been into coffee, but I'd never really explored really uh, making my own good coffee in, in a sense. And so I had my espresso machine. I wanted to buy beans locally from roasters, from shops that I liked going to. And so I did that. And I went online because at that point we were in like a serious lockdown, like nobody was going anywhere. And a lot of roasters had, you know, significant shipping fees attached to getting their coffee to me, which totally makes sense. Uh, but one of them, I forget which one at the time, and this may have changed since then, but it might've been Lofty Coffee, didn't have a fee uh, and they delivered uh, themselves like the next day and they brought it to my doorstep and sent me a text message and were really nice and everything. And so I really enjoyed that. And that stuck in my mind for a while. Uh, later on, I was gifted a subscription to Trade Coffee, the you know big national coffee subscription service, and they're great. And so I was getting a new coffee every three weeks or so, but they were from all over the country. And while that was cool, I was a little disappointed that you know I was getting coffees that I may never see again, may never taste again. It's unlikely I would end up ever going to a lot of these shops, and so I didn't have that personal connection that I think I was looking for and I feel like is a really big part of the coffee business. And so that's where the idea came from. It's just I wanted something like that subscription, but I wanted it to be local. And I wanted to know the people in the shops behind where my coffee was coming. Not to to make an assumption, but when you're getting that subscription from trade and you're thinking about, you know, what you want out of your coffee, it almost sounds like you were looking towards a future post pandemic where you were going to have relationships with these coffees that were showing up at your door, like meeting the people who were making them and, and possibly getting them to make the coffee the way they think it, it is. Does that seem accurate or is that just me jumping to a conclusion there? Um, I think that's part of it. I think more of it for me was like, there's so many great roasters in San Diego and I already knew this, you know, I could, I didn't even know all of them, but I could already name, you know, five or six off the top of my head that I knew made great coffee. And so it seemed almost silly to have it shipped from across the country, getting, you know, roasters in New York city and New Jersey and all these places, which I think is cool in theory, but it's not quite the same as taking advantage of what we have locally. So you have this idea and you're thinking, I want to get this local delivery. I, I want it for myself. Yeah. And you, you're talking about it as a, as a business idea. Once you decide to commit to that idea, I mean, you have some great roasteries on your site right now. Moster Coffee is one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. uh, James Coffee, Dark Horse. These are well-known local names. Yeah. How did you go, you know, how did you communicate with them and say, hey, I have this idea. 
Do you want to take a chance on me? Or how did you prepare that business plan so that it was worth it for them? It's worth it for you. It's worth it for the customer. Yeah. So my, my initial idea was just to be like a business to business delivery service where I would contract with these roasters to make their local deliveries for them. So they would sell through their site. But if the customer was in San Diego, they would get it delivered by me instead of by UPS or postal service or something. So that was the initial idea I came in with. And I started calling all these roasters. A lot of them understandably were like, you know, that sounds kind of cool, but probably not worth it for us to look into this and spend our time on it, which made sense to me. Um, And so I kind of, (laughs) I kind of, I thought the service would be valuable because, you know, I would charge the same or less than the postal service, but have a, a quicker delivery service and a more personal one. Sure. Actually, we just tried to ship some books across the country and we found that it was cheaper just to buy new books online and have them sent than for us to ship the books we already own because postal service prices have been changing. Yeah. You know, I think about some of the free deliveries that I get from coffee. Zumbar does free delivery over like $30 or something like that. Mm -hmm. But I still think about, well, how can you ship me two pounds and make a profit, you know, if it's free like that? You know, I'd almost rather just pay you more for the shipping. Right. And I think uh, quantity and scale is a big part of how people can do that. And for some of these local roasters, like you mentioned, some of them are on a fairly large scale and so they can manage it. But what I found is that a lot of them are still, they still have to add on these shipping fees, which makes sense. So I reevaluated after I didn't get a great response uh, to that idea. And I think one of of the roasters, I forget who uh, may have suggested this, But then I went out and I said, okay, how about this? I set up my own online store and I just buy from you wholesale on a weekly basis. And that way you don't have to change anything about your process. You just take orders from me and fulfill them once a week. And they were a lot more receptive to that. So yeah, Mostra, Dark Horse, James, uh, Seven Seas was helpful as well. Um, And Cafe Virtuoso were my, my first five that I started with. And they've all been great about working with me to take my small orders and have them ready on time. And so that's been awesome. However, it's been a challenge because uh, with really well-established roasters, they don't want to send their customers in San Diego or anywhere to my site instead of their site, which again, totally makes sense. Even though I'm (laughs) in essence trying to help them, it makes sense that they see it as kind of poaching their own business. Right. And so that's been a big challenge for me is getting my business off the ground and marketing myself with no marketing help from my biggest roasters that everyone wants the coffee from. Sure. Was it ever a consideration that maybe you're not delivering theirs, you're just buying wholesale coffee and calling it kayak coffee roasting, like a white label type of service? Was that ever a concept that you were thinking about at the time? Uh, That wasn't something I was really thinking about. Cafe Virtuoso actually told me that they that is something that they can do and you know put my own label on the bags and I think I think that's a cool idea and it could be somewhere we go in the future I just didn't feel comfortable because you know I, I'm a coffee enthusiast but I'm not professionally trained I can't tell you all the tasting notes of a given roast and so I don't think I would be comfortable or qualified to put my name on a bag of coffee I want these roasters to be able to speak for themselves, I guess. And I also want to contribute to 
the local coffee culture. I don't think I'd be adding a lot if I just put my name on someone else's beans. I want people to know that these roasters are doing good things and they're making quality products. And so it's worth supporting those roasters, but it's also worth the convenience of the service I offer. I mean, I don't want to burst your bubble, but you're not going to do very well in corporate cutthroat business if that's your attitude, <laughs> if you're just going to try to help everyone out. But I, I commend it because I, I totally feel the same way where I am not a coffee expert, but I want to help grow this coffee community. Once you had those kind of those first clients, you said, yeah, we'll, we'll consider you a wholesale client and you can go do your thing on your own over there. How did you then get you know, like just customers to come and order from you and say, yeah, I want to get my coffee delivered to my door from Kayak instead of going to pick it up? Or, you know, how did the pandemic impact that? You know, what was that next step from, okay, we have a product, now we need someone to buy it? Yeah, that's that's the ongoing challenge. Man, where to start with this one? <laughs> so I'm not a social media expert. And so that's been a big, big learning curve for me. I think the service I offer kind of speaks for itself because it's it's basically the cheapest and most efficient way you can get local coffee delivered to your door in San Diego. So my feeling is that if people know about it, they're going to use it. If that service is something that is uh, valuable to them, like there's no reason not to because my price is the same as the retail price from these roasters. So it's really a matter of just getting the message out there. And obviously Instagram is kind of the way to go, especially in the coffee business. It's very uh, sensory, it's very visual. So uh, that's kind of the platform for it, I think right now. I put together a sponsorship with the San Diego Mountain Bike Association. And so that was really helpful. We, you know, we ran a contest on their page. We did get a big boost in traffic and all that from them. And then kind of the way forward, I think is working with smaller local roasters. Uh, so we recently took on uh, Fuzz Coffee and Highside Coffee. And the reason that's really valuable for both of us is that uh, we can help promote their brand. And since they're small and they don't already have massive distribution and a massive customer base, they see value in promoting us as well because they see us as like the better way to get their coffee out there. Well, and they may not have their own delivery options or have as an established shipping program as, as a larger roaster doing that quantity. So you're providing right. them a value as well. Right. I think that's that's definitely true. And so that has been, I think, fairly successful so far in terms of building up some buzz for these roasters and getting a few sales. And I think it's a slow growth process, but we're slowly starting to see that kind of snowball effect of, you know, once you get a certain group of people looking at you, then it really starts branching out and growing a little bit quicker. I imagine post pandemic, especially with your sponsorship of the San Diego Mountain Biking Association, a lot of opportunities to interact with people one-on-one, -on -one, whether it's, you know, providing coffee at a local mountain biking event or a trail work day or that kind of stuff too. I mean, there's just, I think that we're, we're almost hitting a tipping point and this is just me ranting about social media a little bit, but where we've gotten so used to our social media accounts that we've learned to tune things out pretty effectively until we see the thing that we want, uh, which has made doing small business type promotion, it, we're almost tipping backwards towards personal contact, you know, like 
I know someone who's experienced your product and they've recommended it, or I meet you somewhere out and we have this interaction. And I think that's going to be a really interesting thing over the next year, whether or not as customers who have been stuck inside for the last year or so, if we continue to go to social media to find new brands and new products, or if we start going back out into the world and looking for them. Kayak is not the first name I would have thought of for a delivery service, but what, what, where did that come from for you? What does it mean? Like what, where did that, you know, what's the inspiration for the name? Yeah. So in the, in the garage with my roommate, uh, at the time when I was trying to come up with like how this business would even work, I started writing just like tons of potential names on a whiteboard, like 50, 60 names. And I had him help me just cross off them, each of them one by one. And so where this kayak idea came from, I think it started with like San Diego. We want something that people would associate with San Diego. And San Diego, for me at least, means the beach and the ocean and that sort of California lifestyle. And so from there, I kind of started coming up with like nautical terms and things like that. Um, Seven Seas, for example, like the the roaster. I think that's a great name for a Southern California business, especially one that brings in global coffees. And so I started coming up with different boat names. And then it it started to make a little more sense that kayak was was the one to go with because it's it conveys a sense of like travel and moving from place to place. So that's what we're doing. We're delivering all over San Diego County. And it's also the simplest possible type of boat. And that's kind of the idea I wanted to get across with my business is that it's all about simplicity. And the website, I think, reflects that. A lot of the copy on the website reflects that. I think sometimes, whether it's on roasters websites or like on trade, people can get a little caught up in all the different technicalities of coffee. It's great to know where it comes from and all that, but it's for most people, I don't think, you know, the the altitude that the coffee was grown at is going to be a big factor in whether they purchase a particular coffee. There are some people like that, but I think the majority are not. And so I wanted to make this kind of the simplest way to get coffee. Sure. I mean, it's the idea of the of the MVP, right? The most valuable product. You know, you're you're reaching the largest audience as opposed to the niche audience who's at the end of the rainbow. Right. Right. And I think in uh in coffee in specialty coffee culture, I think it's easy to get caught up in like the top end people who are going to care about those things, especially if you spend too much time on YouTube coffee channels and stuff like that, which I certainly do. (laughs) But I realized that like, what am I looking for in a coffee? Well, I just wanted to have these general characteristics. Um, I can't get super specific about how it tastes or where it came from. So even in our product descriptions, I like to keep them to like two sentences, like here's what you're getting. Maybe here's something, here's a little funny quip about, you know, where this might've came from or name or something like that. But anyway, long story short, kayak, I feel like is a very simple mode of transportation. And that's the sort of idea I wanted to get across with the name. Do you remember any of the, like any of the other names that were maybe not very good? Like, do you have like one in your brain that you're like, oh, that was a terrible idea? Oh man. (laughs) I feel like I've got a list. Okay. I have a list written down. What were some of the, the backups that didn't make the cut? Oh, here's a good one. Uh, there's a uh, jet ski Joe. <laughs> That's kind of fun actually. Yeah. It's kind of fun, but I don't think anyone would get it. 
I feel like Jet Ski Joe, though, I, I immediately think like barstool sports kind of vibe. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. No, I can see that. And it's, I don't feel like it really fits the vibe of coffee people in general. Let's see. We've got Roast Raft. We've got Coffee Catamaran. All kinds of boats in here. Lots of boats. I yeah. love it. And then, you know, we've. I'm also into bikes. So we've got lots of bike related ones but it turns out a lot of those were already taken by other businesses in this country so oh yeah coffee and bikes that's a big thing i learned about coffee from coffee cycle in pacific beach yeah i've heard of them my friend chris there spent a year teaching me about coffee very graciously in exchange for labor and it, it's really an incredible like with you obviously with stimba as well like that overlap between bikes and coffee and say mm -hmm. bikes and craft beer like there's there's just this this core group kind of in each one and for they're very passionate about these very few things but but once they're passionate about them they latch on and they learn everything there is to know oh yeah san diego is unique i think in general too where we have a very educated customer base in both of those areas mm -hmm. you know i spent 20 years 25 years in the in the beer business and moving to san diego was the first time where i would regularly get questions on a daily basis about beer that i couldn't answer because my customers knew more than i did yeah because they were so into it. And I found that to be true too at, at Coffee Cycle, where we'd have customers come in who were way more versed in any sort of coffee than, than I was. And then I would just smile and nod and, and agree <laughs> with whatever they said and, and give them their coffee. I think San Diego, it's, it's such an interesting place to me. Coming from Los Angeles, for example, it's such a leisurely city in a way that it seems like a lot of people have the time and energy to put toward other passions like that to really get into the nitty gritty of, of beer or coffee or bikes more so than a lot of other places. I think. Is that where you're from Los Angeles? Yeah, that's where I'm, that's where I was born, spent the first 18 years of my life. And what brought you down to San Diego? Well, after I went to college in San Luis Obispo and after that, you know, I had some friends in San Diego and some interesting job opportunities and also a girlfriend at the time. And a lot of people were just kind of converging on San Diego and I visited, really liked it. I'd been here before, of course, living in Los Angeles, didn't want to move back to LA for many reasons. And so it just seemed like a really good fit. And my family's in LA, so I can see them if I want to. And yeah, I'm, I'm very active outdoors all the time. So like what better place to be? That two hour buffer zone from the family is pretty essential at, at a certain point in your life. Yeah. I appreciate it a lot. <laughs> I love them. <laughs> you can be there when you need to be there, but you can also say, you know what? It's not convenient, you know, today for dinner because I'm, you know, doing this other thing and traffic could be two or it could be four hours. You never really know for sure. Right. We only drive at two in the morning between here and LA. <laughs> <laughs> what got you interested in coffee in the first place? Like, was there a coffee that you had that you thought, oh, this is different from, you know, whatever I had been drinking before? Actually, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there there was one coffee. In college, I studied you know engineering generally, and I wanted to get a job overseas after my third year, just as like a summer a summer job in engineering somewhere. And I ended up finding this super cool custom bike manufacturer in Melbourne, Australia. And I sent them an email, and they were like, "Are you sure you want to come all the way over here to work for us for a few months?" And I said, "Absolutely." So. That's what I did. I went went there for the summer, started working on building some bikes. And you may or may not know that that city is just 
full of great coffee. And that's kind of one of the things they're known for. So I made some friends in that city and I, I, w- I wasn't a coffee drinker up to that point. I had had it before, but I, you know, didn't really matter too much to me. Didn't dislike it, didn't love it. And then I went to a shop. I don't remember the name, but it was, it was really unique. It had like, I think it had like chairs hanging from the ceiling and kind of weird stuff, but tiny little shop. I had a flat white, which is what everyone gets uh, at, co- at nice coffee shops in Australia. And I just, I couldn't believe it. Like (laughs) just a light bulb went off, something happened. I had never tasted something with that. Like it was sweet. It was, it just had all of those things that you want in a cup of coffee. And I was like, wow, this is, this is everything. This is what I need. (laughs) (laughs) And so it did take a while for me to like really get into coffee, like as a hobby, but that's when I realized like, wow, this is something that I could be really into. Very cool. So as we start hopefully phasing into a post COVID life, how do you see that kind of impacting kayak, which is uh, it's what it sounds like a side hustle to some extent right now. Yeah. And then what do you see for the future of, of this business? Yeah. So it's absolutely a side hustle. You know, I'm delivering after work on Wednesdays and spending a few hours every night, you know, keeping the books and you know, maintaining the website and all that. I think that things getting more back to normal will not actually have a huge impact on us. And I think that's because at this point, anyone who is going to go out to get coffee, I think is kind of doing that right now. I don't think people are scared of walking up to the window outside or, you know, briefly going in the shop. I mean, obviously some people have reason to, you know, not want to do that, but I think for the most part, people are are going back to shops and getting what they were going to get. And I think that the people who want nice coffee at home are going to continue to want to do that. And I found that a lot of my customers are not so much in the really dense areas of San Diego, not a lot of customers downtown, not a lot of people within walking distance of a coffee shop or even, you know, convenient driving distance of a coffee shop. So, you know, I'm getting a lot of business out in Poway, Chula Vista, just places where people were probably going to make their coffee at home either way. And they were going to order online from somewhere. So it may as well be me. It may as well be the person who's going to bring them great coffee from local shops as opposed to just anywhere else in the world. Sure. There are some really interesting coffee deserts in San Diego. I yeah. I always look at Northeast Oceanside as one of those. Okay. My wife and I were looking at moving out there and I like did a Google search and there was no coffee shop in any direction for like five miles. And I was like, well, I can't, I can't live here. Like, what am I supposed to do? (laughs) What am I supposed to do? But there or Poway or even uh, east of National City and Chula Vista, like there are some, some craft coffee deserts. There's generally Starbucks or something nearby. But if I'm a potential customer and let's just assume that I am now, how does the service work? You know, what do I do? I just go online and order from you and it shows up at the house or is there a process I have to go through? Yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, so the website is kayak.coffee. Pretty easy to remember. All you have to do is go on like any other any other retail site and just place an order. You do have options. Not everything is a subscription. So you can buy a single bag of coffee or you can sign up for a subscription every two, three or four weeks. You've got a couple different types of subscriptions based on people's preferences or you know, we have a subscription where I'll just pick the coffee every every single week, and it's usually something that I've tried and that I like. 
that's kind of like at the old, you might be too young for this, but I used to go to like a blockbuster to rent a movie and there would be mm-hmm. like a section on the wall, like Dave's picks or Wendy's oh, yeah. picks. That's kind of how I feel like when I heard that was the first thing I thought of when I heard that. Oh yeah. It's like, oh yeah. It's like the guy, the person who works here chose this movie and then you make a connection with it. Exactly. Exactly. You, what you need is you need someone else. You need to have like Brendan's picks and then you need to have like Ellen's picks or something. And so people can kind of decide whose picks they prefer, right? Like I would always go and see like that wall of movies and pick, oh, well, I know this person's taste in movies matches my own. That's a really interesting idea. I think that's, that could be a good one. Yeah, I'll have to find someone who I trust to make those decisions <laughs> for me. Hopefully someone with a totally different taste bud than you. Right, right. So you can figure out who you vibe with. Yeah. Yeah, it's... I think that could be a really good idea, actually. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Uh, you could just send my percentage right to the house. Yeah, it's fine. will do. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty fun, actually, to like, I don't know these customers personally, but I feel like I'm taking them on a journey in some ways because, you know, I get to pick their coffee every week and I try and, you know, it, it's got to be a new one every week. I can't repeat myself, at least not with any frequency. So it's it's kind of a fun challenge. It's kind of a fun logistical challenge, figuring out, you know, where I got to pick up this coffee from. But yeah, I like, I like trying to take people on a journey. One thing that I might want to think about is collecting some kind of feedback. You know, when I deliver, I send a text message and people can respond to that if they have anything they want to say to me, like, you know, thank you. Or (laughs) if it's something like, oh, you know, you put it in the wrong place or I don't see the coffee, where is it? Or something like that. What I would encourage people to do is send me a text back and say, hey, I love this, or I hate this. Don't ever give me something like this again. So that could be an interesting additional personal touch to this business that people might find really valuable. That's always the toughest thing is to get customer feedback. I know that I do surveys at the end of like, mm-hmm. I did a survey at the end of this season or at the end of other projects. or And it's always hard because you, you find that people are of two minds, either they're just not going to do it because it's not part of, it's not convenient or it's not what they, you know, they're not interested in providing it. Or maybe they don't want to hurt your feelings if they don't like it. So they don't respond or they mm-hmm. say nice things, even if they don't. I think even large corporate businesses struggle with that, how to get accurate feedback to what they're doing. And, and so if you can find that niche, it's really helpful. You've mentioned um, several different types of coffee that you've had. You have an espresso machine at home. Flat Whites kind of turns you on to this, mm-hmm. this idea of coffee. You're obviously trying a lot of coffees because of your business. Right. In just your normal outside of work life, you wake up in the morning. What what are you drinking? Like, what is your kind of go to coffee? What are you making at home? Or if you were to go to a shop and just order a cup of coffee, what would it be? I mean, my go to in the United States is a cappuccino because I found that at least now, a lot of times a cappuccino is pretty much what a flat white was in Australia. I know the traditional cappuccino has a lot of like puffy foam on top, but a lot of people don't make it that way here or at least at a lot of mm-hmm. shops that I've been to, which I think is fine. Um, so I, I love those. That's kind of what I try and make at home is somewhere around a flat white cappuccino type thing. And then I've also got some some pour over gear. So especially when I'm trying new coffees, I like to use the pour over. I can kind of pick them out a little bit better. I think even though I'm not classically trained, I can sort of figure out what I like and what I don't like. Yeah, I, I love the process in the morning. For me, it, like as much as the flavor is the process. I don't even need the caffeine at all. Like I'm I'm not one of those people who needs it to get out of bed. So for me, it's like having a really kind of meditative routine in the morning and like following a process and a recipe 
is just really nice. And it's something I look forward to. There's a re- repetitiveness to it. I'm, I'm similar in that I don't need necessarily caffeine or if I stop drinking and it, it doesn't seem to to matter much to me. Mm-hmm. But that routine, I just switched recently from doing like a regular French press coffee in the morning to a pour over. And it's almost been kind of frustrating. It's been a break in my brain that I'm not <laughs> doing the same thing every day all of a sudden. Yeah. And it's not working as well as the way I had my other system dialed in. And so it's also caused some conflict because I've learned that maybe some like my grinder isn't as good for this particular thing. And so, well, maybe I should buy a new one. And then just this rabbit hole coffees, coffee and bicycles. They're the same in that it's just this rabbit hole of things you could do or things you could buy or you could go down. Anything else about kayak coffee that we should know about anything about this this uh, this effort that you've been doing that people should know. Oh boy, uh, yeah. So I guess one of the most important things is like how our deliveries even work. So people have to order by Monday morning in order to get their coffee on Wednesday. That gives us time to submit the orders to the roasters. Gives them time to get the orders ready. It's worked out pretty well so far, giving them that leeway. If we ever get to really high volumes, we may have to shuffle things around so that the roasters have enough time to like really get their schedules put together. Anytime if it's delivered or if it's ordered after Monday, then it'll show up the next Wednesday. Yeah, that's pretty much how it works. On Wednesdays uh, after work, I'm picking up coffee, I'm delivering coffee, and that's kind of my night right now. I think uh, (laughs) ideally for the future, as much as I love bringing coffee to people, I don't love driving for hours on end. So I think once I get to the right sales numbers, I can hire someone else to make those deliveries. And that way I can focus more on, you know, making the website awesome and strengthening those relationships with the roasters and, you know, just doing all I can to make this a better type of business. Right now I am spending a fair bit of time delivering, which is fine. But uh, the, the end goal I think is to, have this kind of sustain itself without me needing to do all that labor and just being able to focus on the business side and the and the coffee side as opposed to the deliveries. There's a lot of mathematics that go into the delivery of things too, just with being aware of gas costs and mileage and impact. And if you have a hybrid vehicle versus a non-hybrid vehicle right. and you know all of those things that people don't really think about when they think, oh, well, why don't people just deliver more? And it's like, well, there's a lot that goes into it that eats into into your margins and and also just from a from a logistical standpoint you know if you if you're committed and you've got an order in chula vista and then you've got another one in oceanside well that's two hours of driving yeah yeah you know it's why why companies like amazon and fedex spend millions and millions of dollars a year to come up with like root software so their drivers are being efficient and so well I, i congratulate you i think most people spent a lot of the pandemic kind of sitting on the couch and Netflixing and, and <laughs> chilling out and uh, you started a new business. And I think that's pretty cool. So I, I appreciate that you came on the show and I don't know about you, but I had a cup of coffee. It was delicious from Zoom bar. So same here. <laughs> so cheers. And, uh, and uh, thanks for joining us. I really appreciate learning more about kayak. Yeah. Thanks so much, Ryan. I had a great time. I appreciate it. Hey everyone. I'll be right back with a little bit more coffee content and to close out the show. If you're looking for some quality local news in your life, take some time out after the show to check out the Voice of San Diego podcast. Made locally by investigative reporters and editors, the Voice of San Diego's hosts give a spitfire roundup of the news every Friday. I think you'll like it. I listen to it. I'm even a Voice of San Diego donor. You can listen to the Voice of San Diego 
wherever you get your podcasts. And now back to Roast West Coast. A big thank you to Brendan for coming on the podcast today. Right now, this very moment, you can order coffee from seven different local coffee roasters on kayak.coffee, including heavy hitters like Dark Horse and Mostra, as well as upstarts like Highside and Fuzz Coffee Roasters. Head over to kayak.coffee to set up a Roaster's Choice subscription or just custom order a variety pack of great local coffee and give at Kayak Coffee Delivery a follow on Instagram. They're always offering collab giveaways and updates on the new roasters and coffee shops coming aboard the delivery service. Now for something new. Every week in the newsletter, I've been including a new coffee term or vocabulary word, which people seem to like. People really seem to like learning, which shouldn't surprise me because I also like to learn new things. But sometimes I just assume that everyone is zoning out to Netflix reruns all day, and that would be totally cool. Admittedly, some days so am I. But today is not one of those days. Today's random coffee terms revolve around ordering your coffee drink. The first is with legs. If you are waiting, say in a socially distanced line at your favorite local coffee shop, like Roast Industry Partner, Cafe La Terre, and Solana Beach, you might hear someone order an Ethiopia natural with legs. With legs is just an insider's way of saying that you want your coffee to go. It is the same as asking for an Ethiopia natural to go, but it feels cooler. The second coffee ordering term today is actually two sides of the same drink order. If you order your cappuccino or your latte wet versus dry, a wet beverage is going to be creamier. It has more steamed milk on top of the espresso, whereas a dry drink has more frothed milk from the steam wand. A wet drink will also be slightly sweeter because more steamed milk means more diluted espresso, while a dry drink will make the espresso's bitterness more pronounced. I'm a fan of bitter in my coffee and in my chocolate and in my beer, so I'd definitely be more likely to order my drink dry. And in general, I'll defer to the expert baristas to know what is best for that particular roast, but that's just me. That is it for today's episode. I couldn't have done it without you, the listener, or without my industry legacy partners, Zumbar Coffee and Tea, Leap Coffee, Steady State Coffee Roasting, Maria Coffee, Moster Coffee, Cafe La Terre, First Light Whiskey, and Cape Horn Coffee Importers. Thank you all for listening to this episode and being excited for the upcoming season of the Roast West Coast podcast. I'll be back on Friday with a brand new Coffee Smarter Education episode with resident coffee expert Chris O'Brien of Coffee Cycle. This season, we really dig into all kinds of coffee education and go much more in depth than we did even in season one. And in a few weeks, Siri Simran Kulsa, the executive director and head coffee roaster at Lofty Coffee, will be joining the show as our resident roaster expert. If you've enjoyed today's show, and I hope you have, please share it with all of your coffee-loving friends. Just let them know they can search for Roast West Coast on any of the major podcasting platforms, including the big boys, Apple and Spotify, or better yet, just tell them to sign up for the newsletter at roastwestcoast.com to get it sent right to their email inbox. Thank you for helping me spread the word. If you share on social media, tag at roastwestcoast so I can find you too. Or just send me your coffee questions and I'll ask the roast experts. Shout out to Francis Perez who joined the Roast West Coast Facebook group and asked about whiskey barrel-aged coffee beans, which I'm going to ask Mike from Moster Coffee about in an interview later this season. He manages Mostra's coffee and beer collaboration roasts, and they do a lot of them. Links to all this stuff is in the show's notes, wherever you are listening. Finally, if you find yourself desiring some good coffee, please support your local coffee roasters and coffee shops. That money goes so much further in your community. And if we've learned anything this year, 
It's how much our community impacts us and how much we can impact it. As I mentioned at the top of the show, I've been drinking a steady state space traveler, which I've said on air more than once. Maybe one of the best house coffees in all of San Diego. I ordered it online and my awesome wife picked it up at their takeout window off of State Street in Carlsbad Village because, well, because she's the best. So a big thank you to her for helping me stay full of coffee today. This episode of the Roast West Coast Podcast has been produced and recorded by me, Ryan Wolt. I hope this show has found you happy, healthy, and with at least enough sanity to make it through the rest of the day. And please, always, always be sure to drink good coffee. San Diego's first and longest-running local beer podcast is coming to take a place on your podcast playlist. It's Beer Night in San Diego. Prepare yourselves as Beer Night in San Diego drops a new episode each and every week right into your smartphone or listening device. Featuring hard-hitting local beer discussion, the absolute crushing of newly released local beers, body-jolting laughter, and segments that will knock your socks off. Admission is free and everyone is invited. Mom, Dad, even Grandma can't get enough. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's Beer Night in San Diego. With new episodes available everywhere you get your podcasts. Don't miss it.